Welcome to the Holy Hill Podcast, where we discuss Christianity, current events, and culture. My name is Robert, and today's topic is eschatology. It actually kicks off our eschatology series, but we're going to be talking about a survey or an overview of eschatology as a whole. So that's going to encompass the four major views of eschatology. It's going to encompass a definition of eschatology, why we uh, should study eschatology, why it's important, things like that. So just a basic survey of eschatology as a whole. And then in later episodes, we'll dive into specifics um, and then specifics of individual views. So with that said, let's go ahead and define the term. Uh, That's probably a good place to start. So eschatology is the study of last things, or also known as the study of the end times. So what, what does that even mean? Well, we know that Jesus came He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. He sacrificed that perfect life on a cross for our sins. And then he rose from the dead three days later, defeating uh, sin, death, the grave, uh, basically having victory on our behalf over our sin uh, so that we can be made righteous before God. And then he ascended to heaven where he is seated right now at the right hand of God. And he will one day return. And that's where we dive into eschatology, the return of Christ and the subsequent things. So, what are the major views of eschatology? Well, uh, there there's actually a few more than, than four, but there's four major views, and uh, that would be amillennialism, premillennialism, and postmillennialism. Premillennialism is divided into two camps. You have historic premillennialism and dispensational premillennialism. So the oldest, uh, the two oldest views in Christianity would be amillennialism and historic premillennialism. It's debatable on which one is older. We're we're really unsure. We don't really have a definite, um, a definitive answer in history. We do have early Christians who seem to have affirmed premillennialism and early Christians who seem to have affirmed what we would call amillennialism. So let's go ahead and define these terms uh, and then uh, basically do a little survey of all four of these views. So amillennialism is the view, literally ah meaning no, millennium. So no millennium, and it's, it's kind of a misnomer. Uh, because all millennialists don't believe that there is no millennium at all. They just don't believe in a millennium subsequent to Christ's return. So an amillennialist would say that we are currently living in the millennial period referenced in Revelation chapter 20. So um, for them, it's a symbolic time period. It's not in a literal, a physically literal 1,000 year period from point A to point B, but rather the time period between Christ's first coming and his second coming. So amillennialists would say that Satan is bound, that um, he's not currently deceiving the nations to, uh, to unitedly wipe out the church or the people of God. He is, uh, he's bound from doing that. They would say that, um, that when Christ returns, there will not be a 1,000-year period on this earth, that he will um, smite the wicked, judge the nations, and uh, institute the eternal state. 
and uh, we will be with him forever. So there's no there's no 1,000 year period after his return. The premillennialist would believe that Christ's return is pre-millennial or before the millennium, the 1,000 year period referenced in Revelation chapter 20. Now this is based on a chronological understanding of Revelation. The amillennialist would say that Revelation should not be read chronologically, um, but some some would say it should be read from a historic perspective or a what's called a preterist perspective. Others would say it should be read as uh, in progressive parallelism. In other words, that it's um, cycles of the same things from different point of views or described in different ways. Um, so, for example, you know, you you see the earth um, basically uh, destroyed like five times in Revelation. So, what what exactly happened? So, the amillennialists would say, you know, that's a uh, progressive parallelism. We're just seeing parallels of the same thing. So, the premillennialists would look at it from a futuristic, chronological perspective that it's it's futuristic, but that it's it should be read chronologically. And it should be read physically, literally, um, at least in some areas. Now, to uh, divide the premillennialists, there is dispensational premillennialism, and then there is historic premillennialism, and then uh, in either further, an even further subdivision of uh, dispensational premillennialism would be progressive dispensational premillennialism where they would kind of affirm that the kingdom of God is here, but they still believe in premillennialism and the uh, eventual reunification of Israel as God's people um, kind of thing. So a dispensationalist would say there is a big division between Israel and the church, that they are not one and the same, but that they are two separate peoples of God. And that the church is a parenthesis in God's plan, that God has always had a plan for Israel, and that one day he will uh, focus on saving Israel once again, and that uh, will be when the church is raptured. And so they would say that there will be a rapture of the church from the earth, uh, and this is kind of where you get your Left Behind series um, kind of thinking from. So... Uh, dispensationalists would say that you the, the church will be raptured and then there will be a seven-year tribulation in which God will focus on saving Israel or saving Jews. And then at the end of that seven years, Jesus will return to establish his 1,000-year kingdom on this earth. And then historic premillennialists would actually say, no, we disagree with that. We believe that um, Jesus is going to we believe in a tribulation, but that the church will go through it and that Jesus will uh, return after that tribulation to uh, wipe out the wicked and then establish his 1,000-year kingdom. And then at the end of that, Satan will be released, go out to deceive the nations, and then uh, Christ will have his ultimate victory and then have an eternal state after that. So they're very similar. The only difference uh, that I would see between dispensational and historic premillennialism is the position on ecclesiology, really, um, and that's their understanding of of the people of God, and then the uh, the idea of this this rapture. 
And then post-millennialism is kind of, uh, kind of like the oddball in the family. They would say that, um, and there's there's really kind of two camps there. Really, historic post-millennialism believed in a literal 1,000-year reign of Christ on this earth, um, but that it would be through the power of the gospel, um, through the, the work of the church, and that it would be exactly 1,000 years, and then Christ would return. So they believe in a post-millennial return of Christ, so post-millennialists would say that society as a whole will adopt Christian uh, principles in living or um, at least uh, will become Christians themselves. And so that would be the more of the historic post-millennial position. The, the more modern position would lean more amillennial in regards to the millennium, that it's more of a symbolic time period of completion um, that the, but they still believe in the basic fundamental post-millennial position that the gospel will go forth, that it will be successful, victorious, that the entire world will come to know Christ. And so um, after that, then Jesus would return. So that's a basic overview of the, the various positions here. And uh, in later episodes, we'll dive into more specific details of those views and uh, what I hold to. Some of you who, who know me know what I hold to and um, know that I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't really care, you know, that people know that. Um, I just kind of don't want to focus on that for this episode. But why why is it important that we study eschatology? What is so important about it? Well, uh, to start, um, I I encountered someone the other day who said, eschatology has nothing to do with salvation. And I had to correct them on that, to which they they blocked me. But I had to correct them, uh, and I did so kindly. I said, well, you know, respectfully, um, it has everything to do with salvation because without eschatology, there's no hope for, for eternal life. There's no hope in Christ. Without Christ's return, there is no completion of our salvation and so eschatology is, is very important in regards to uh, the redemptive plan of God because it's the end, uh, or in, you know, in the case of theology, it's technically the climax of redemptive history, the end of sin, the completion of our salvation, the ultimate uh, point at which we are entirely justified before God that it is... Uh, that it is is brought to it's it's man, it made manifest it's made manifest we 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 are justified right now through Christ but the manifestation of that justification in regards to eternal life will be made at the time of judgment when when God opens the books and finds our name written in the lamb's book of life and that's important so to say eschatology has nothing to do with salvation is is a huge error I believe, and so it's a it's an extremely important doctrine. One, because uh, everything that we believe should point to God's glory, and it's found in God's word. So, uh, you know, if he he thought it important to tell us, then we should hold it as important. Now, it's not so important to the point where um, we shouldn't be friends with someone who holds to a different view. I myself have many friends who hold to different views of eschatology than myself. But um, I, I hope that through this, uh, I'll be able to explain these different views and show what Scripture teaches, um, and uh, maybe maybe persuade some some minds to uh, 
to a to a different thought because my background from my background yeah I I come from a place where um many 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 people and my personal history myself was dispensational premillennialism and uh to be honest I completely disagree with that doctrine I do I completely disagree I think it distorts the doctrine of the church I think it distorts the doctrine of Christ's return the uh I think it distorts biblical hermeneutics um and so you know I I just really kind of want to go through scripture and uh really let's look together at at what God's word says about Christ's return and about the end times the last things so um that's a basic survey of the views that's why it's important and uh, that's a, a good definition of eschatology, the study of the last thing. So with that said, um, I look forward to producing more episodes on this, and I hope you have a blessed day.